Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mondays with Mindy. Hey, Christian. Hi, Mindy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> Today's conversation features actor, chef, and author David Burka. David graduated with a BFA from the University of Michigan and studied at the William Esper Studios in New York. Last seen on Broadway, David starred in David Hyde Pierce's musical comedy, It Should Have Been You. He also appeared on Broadway as Tulsa in Sam Mendes' production of Gypsy, which was amazing, and he was amazing wow. in it. His other theater credits include his role as the boy in the American premiere of Edward Albee's The Play About the Baby and the off-Broadway productions of Beautiful Thing and Bad Boy Johnny. He also had a sold-out engagement of his one-man show at 54 Below. Wow. His film critics include Dance Off and Annie and the Gypsy, A Very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas, and here's where the jealousy comes in, Woody Allen's Hollywood Ending. Wow. Yeah. Best known to television audiences for his reoccurring role on How I Met Your Mother. David also appeared in episodes of American Horror Story Freak Show, CSI New York, Crossing Jordan, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, and Steven Spielberg's On the Lot. David is also a Cordon Bleu chef and gained valuable experience training under Mario Batali at his Babo restaurant in New York, as well as pastry chef and author Gina De Palma. Iron Chef's Cat Cora, and hello, the French Laundry's Thomas Keller. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> David and his, yeah. David and his catering company, Gourmet MD, has prepared meals for the Hollywood elite and has had cooking segments on Barefoot Contessa, The Chew, as well as being a guest judge on Top Chef Masters and Iron Chef. His recipes have been featured in Food and Wine magazine and People magazine. And in 2019, he became an author when his cookbook, Life is a Party, was published. <laughs> David lives in New York with his husband, Neil, and their twins, Harper and Gideon. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are excited to bring him into the show. Let's introduce him. It's David Burka. Hey, guys. Hi, oh, David. I'm so tickled. I am so happy to be here. I, once you asked me to be on the show, I have to say I did my research and listened to all my friends. And you talk about what's your latest obsession. This show has been my latest <laughs> obsession. Oh, thank you. Oh, so oh my gosh. I, mean, I take my dogs on a walk every day. And it's usually like one, I, I listen to, I listen to the daily and then I listen to you and it's like so complete, you know, politics, art, creative. Oh, That's awesome. that is thank so you. kind. Oh my gosh. Well, um, I guffawed a little in the intro because I was able to see one of your amazing performances in Gypsy. Um, so I've actually, you know, seen your talent in action firsthand. So it's such a joy. To have you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I hope at some point we can be on stage together. That would be the ultimate. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. All right. So, trusty Johnny Adler Canister, here we go. We're doing a deep dive into the questions. Here we go. As you know, mm -hmm. as I know. Okay. I know here it comes. Okay. I promise you, this is like I almost put it back because I thought this is ridiculous that this just came for David. <laughs> can you cook? What is your favorite dish to make? And if you don't cook, what is your favorite dish to consume? So I want to ask, because you're a frigging cordon bleu, what's your favorite dish to make? And what is your favorite dish to consume? Hit it. That's so funny. Mary hit, got the same question first. Oh, that's right. She did. Mary, she, she did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. The irony. That's so bizarre. So I can cook. And I have to say <laughs> that my favorite thing to cook is anything that I grow. So I have a big re relocated sort of since COVID to this new house in the Hamptons where it's a farm. 
And we all summer farmed about a half an acre of land. And wow, I, anytime anyone came over, I would give them snip like scissors and say, just take whatever you want. Because I mean, what can yes. you do with, you know, that much produce for four people? So anything that I'm taking off of the land and I'm able to cook, you know, with, with produce is my favorite thing. I love seeing from seed to plate. That's so my jam. Um, yes. And I love jam. Um, <laughs> what is my favorite food to consume? I would have to say... I love being in, like having Italian pasta, being in Italy and just eating pasta or pizza. Mm. I'm a very, I, my roots are in, um, my cooking roots are in Italian cooking. So I think that would have to be it. Or anyone who oh. cooks for me. Dreamy, dreamy. Okay, so I would like to invite you up to Beekman 1802. We will go in the garden and we will make dinner together. So go to the Hamptons and they make a sharp left. <laughs> and go to the armpit of upstate New York. And that's where we are, Sharon Springs. So fantastic. I love it. I know you're, you're a farmer too. I love it. Yeah. Part-time, a little part-time farmer. Part-time. Yeah. Part-time. Well, you're in LA right now. Yes. As we could tell from behind me, I don't, I don't keep things <laughs> that grow alive very successfully. So Christian orders in like a rock star. <laughs> David, among your friends, what are you best known for? I'm probably best known for nurturing. I, I take care of everybody. I uh, make sure that everyone has a full belly, that everyone is, you know, when they come to visit, I make sure that they're comfortable and good and happy and have a drink in their hand mm. and they're having a good time. I'm, I'm known for, you know, having, putting people at ease and mothering them, really. Have you been like that your whole life or has that just come in adulthood or with having kids? Parenthood, yeah. I've always liked taking care of people. You know, my mom and dad were big, you know, entertainers. Um, and in college I would make, you know, big pots of chili and pasta and invite people over. I'd have keggers all the time in my house, <laughs> but yeah. So it was always like that. It got more and more since, you know, the kids came and, and I always been someone who loved nurturing, like taking care of kids. When I was 24, I met a guy when I was doing a show off Broadway and he met me and his surrogate in the same day. So I jumped on the bandwagon and had kids with them. So I have another set of twins that I raised until three and a half at 24. So they're wow. 20. They're 20 wow. Fabulous. So they're 10 years and seven days, a part of my biological girl and boy twins. So, wow. and every boyfriend I've had have wanted to have babies with me. And I'm like, I'm like the most fertile person I know. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. You are a fertile myrtle, period. I love it. It's oh, amazing. Um, okay. And I won't hold you to this answer because this is, I always feel like I want to know the answer, but it's hard to come up with this on the fly. If you could have dinner with three people, who would they be and why? Anybody, anytime, I anywhere. I answered this question before in the magazine and oh. I'm sticking with the same three. Okay. So it would be Noel Coward because he was life of the party and he could play piano and entertain us and tell crazy stories. Julia Child to help me with the meal. And then my husband to share it with. Good one. Oh, amazing. It's really oh my a good God. list. That is a good list. Um, what scares you? Stopping. Like not being able to get enough done. I'm like a go-getter. Like I do so, I'm doing so much in my day. Like if I, I think if I ever lost all my arms and legs or was in a coma or something like that, or got MS or so, I, I don't know, I would just want to go. I mean, the, the legs and arms is like that you can yeah. get around, but 
I think that if I was just laying there and not able to do stuff, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd have a really hard time. That scares. So do you have a hard time relaxing or do you, what do you do oh, to yeah. decompress? Yeah, I totally, I make myself meditate. So I did, I, I uh, studied transcendental meditation mm-hmm. and I really have to force myself to rest, to decompress, to take a bath or do something for myself. It's been something that I've just been learning more and more as I get older, that it, it's a must. Is it getting easier to do that now that you're getting older or have you not hit that no, age yet? I where you? It's getting, I think it's getting a little easier. I think being out here in the country and not in the city, that go, go, go mentality is better. But, you know, then, you know, I get a farm and I'm, I canned 450 yeah. jars of pickles this summer. So it's like, that's... <laughs> You're in the most perfect place. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to waste produce. I don't want to throw away, you know, kale. But I I like that. I admire that. That's, that's smart. Yeah. Have you, cause, cause a a thing at Beekman, have you, have you met your neighbors? Are you able to like leave baskets of stuff with neighbors? So Hamptons really isn't neighborly sometimes. I didn't really. And you know, a friend of mine scared me because she did that when she moved into her new house in Connecticut. And she said, my late neighbors do not leave me alone. So I was sort of like, mm. and Neil's super private. You know, I'm an open book. Like, I'll tell you anything. But Neil is, doesn't want people around that he doesn't know. And you okay. know, so I really haven't. I met the, the neighbor across the street, this older guy who's really sweet and nice when I was walking the dogs. But that's really about it. And we live close to a few friends. So fair enough. Yeah. Everyone leaves with a basket when they come visit you. <laughs> True. Well, they, we would have you know, these small cocktail parties outside, and I would help. I would give at cocktail hour. I'd give people scissors in a basket and say, "Go at it." Yeah. Do while they're sipping cocktails at the sunset. It was really, really fun. It's amazing. Really fun. All right. Last question for this: um, What's your favorite place in the world, and why? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'd have to say. I'd have to say this house that we just created. It's called the Funhouse Farm, and it's in East Hampton. And it's uh-huh. a big, it's 14 acres of land that you don't really get in the Hamptons. Right. Fantastic. Um, so it's, it's great. It was a house that was originally, uh, you know, had a house on the property. And then we built our sort of dreamy house on top of it. And it's it's very old school British lodge. And oh. It's sort of old looking and a bit Scooby-Doo. But, uh, lots of haunted Sort of past, not haunted, but uh, I know, right? Secret secret passageways (laughs) and lots of secret doors and locks. And, you know, there's lots of really fun little things. And it's called the Fun House. So there's like nods to the circus and circus sideshow and weird taxidermy. It's really strange and odd and comforting. It's really fun. That's amazing. Fantastic. And so the kids are doing online school, I'm assuming. So you you can be anywhere right now as well. We could be anywhere, um, but we, I don't, you know, it's interesting. You, you, you think you could want to travel the world and take the kids here and there, but it's still weird. It's still, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. if we were, I mean, we, we had the opportunity to go to a beach and I don't, I kind of wonder why we didn't take that opportunity, but you're still nesting here at this house. So yeah, online schooling has been tough, but um, you know, we're getting through it. Yeah, of course. Like everyone else. I mean, yeah, I just thought, you know, what a perfect time to, you know, be there. Well, because we moved in April 1st and we all had COVID <sighs> March 24th through April 3rd. So we it, we moved in 
And Neil was actually gone a lot this summer. So he was the, the only actor who did two movies during, during the <laughs> pandemic. Um, but uh, he was gone a lot. So my friend and writing partner stayed with us. And without the pandemic, I don't think we would have gotten all this up. Like it kind of was a silver lining blessing. Yeah. We yeah. were able to do all this. How wonderful. And we do all the interiors ourselves. Like we we're all hands-on, every single corner, every single wallpaper, every single, you know, uh, oh, so you are in there. I'm in yeah. there. Yeah, completely. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, I love that actually. Okay, so I mean, I talk about a creative process with someone. <laughs> I mean, you're my most favorite thing because um, as an actor, like I'm a walking, talking creative and most people that I know are and, and usually the world knows you as one thing. Yeah. And I so love that you are an actor and a singer and a chef and you put your creativity into all these mediums. And so do you have a creative process that is one? Like, what do you do? Do something every day? It really depends on what I'm doing. You know, I think that if it's acting or chefing or designing or, you know, cooking, it all has a different process. You know, I think mm -hmm. with acting, um, I try to study, you know, with like if I'm doing a play, I study the the time period. And I, of course, I read the play over and over and little nuances here. And I get into the time period and I read about the time period and I, I watch movies. And so, yeah, it's really different for, for what it is. You know, I mean, if it's writing, if it's if it's interiors, if you know, I, I know for doing a house, I, I spend a year like pulling tears and looking through books and researching different time periods and things that I that I want. So it's all I think it depends on what it is. Yeah. Has your trajectory, like where you've started your career and where it's taken you and all that, has, has anything changed in what you do? Do you do less? Do you do more? It's interesting because I, I've, I've been on such a weird journey. You know, I, I, I got uh, right out of the gate after college. I started working on yeah. Broadway right away. And then, you know, once I moved to LA, when Neil got, when I met Neil and, and Neil got How I Met Your Mother, things stopped for me. Like, so I stopped as an actor. Like I was doing things here and there, but that's LA. Like you do a couple of jobs a year and you're fine. But in my mentality is I need to go. I need to be doing right. play meetings and I need to do eight shows a week and blah, blah, blah. So then my mom died. And sorry, like suddenly crazy. I mean, it's been 11 years now, but, um, Still but I needed to get away from LA and not LA, but uh, acting because there's so much pain and rejection during it. I needed to do something completely else. So I thought, what else makes me happy? Cooking makes me happy. Hmm. And I, yeah, but I mean, you, I mean, who you've worked <laughs> with and who's mentored you and the, and, and the fact that you went so professional, I mean, you did a deep yeah. dive. I did a deep dive and it was wild because I never wanted to really. And I never <laughs> expected that at all, but things started raining from the sky for me. I and now that. during COVID, I actually went to this really cool thing because I was having a bit of a existential crisis uh, going, what am I doing in my life? What's happening? Why am I doing this? And I realized I went to this place called Onsite where it's called, it, you sort of learn about yourself and get centered. It's called the Living Centered Program. Mm -hmm. And you turn in your cell phone for four days and you work on yourself and you work on trauma and you work on all this stuff. And I realized that I miss being creative as an actor. Like I am an actor. That's what I do. That's what makes me happy. That's David, what 
David, I want to virtually, I'm squeezing you so hard if you can feel it. <laughs> because so many friends of ours, right, who start to produce and direct, and it's like, I am that person that says, all I want to do is act. Yeah. And they sort of drop their mouth open because, oh, but you produce so well and you do this so well. And it's like, but yeah. my true thing. So I love that. I love that you say that because I am a very proud card carrying actor. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I have no shame attached to it. Right. So I love that. So you are refound this about yourself and you yes. sort of reclaimed so, it, so right? My trajectory is like I went up and then I went down and then I went up. And and through all of that, I never stopped. Like I always, right. you know, in the down times, I, you know, designed a clothing line for children. I I became a chef. I opened up a catering company. Right. I designed a couple of houses. I help people with scripts. I read, I, you know, I edit. I I was a new e news correspondent for a year. I mean. I was like, oh yeah, I'll try it. I'll try it. I'll try it. You know, right. and I never yeah. gave up with wanting to learn new things. Like I'm that kind of person that always will get, go to school. I'll, I'll, I've been in so many classes and I keep going back <laughs> like UCB or I'll do another semester at Meisner. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'm always, I feel like you always have to keep, you know, it fresh and work yes. on yourself that way. So yeah. I've always felt like it never stops. You never can stop learning. Right. But it's have so you sort of recommitted your, yourself unabashedly to like go out yes. there again and like, let yeah. I'm, I want the hustle again? Well, I've got, you know, it's interesting. I wrote a TV show and we're making a sizzle. Like, it's so exciting. It, wow. it's a, yeah, it's super, super cool. And so I'm really excited about it. And I'm, you know, it's sort of based on my experience in Hollywood. And it's really sort of a curb your enthusiasm world uh, that we created. Um <laughs> But it's super, it's super fun. I've got some really great people attached already. And, and so hopefully that will be a trajectory for me. And if not, you know, I have some ideas of how I can really engross myself back into being an actor and being able to work on it. Like, cause I think that I'm haven't been necessarily taking it seriously. I think as an actor, it's hard because you're only as good as your last thing. And then if you get an audition, that's when you're able to play. But a friend of mine said to me the other day, he's like, you just should work on an accent or you should, you know, read a play and work on a monologue and put yourself on tape. It's like, he said, the more you do that, the more that's you right. work on yourself as an actor, the more you'll feel like an actor. Yeah. Well, that's why for me, class has been everything. I, I've gone to this Wednesday workout class that I do at BGB studio for years because- Did you do that online? With, and then with uh, Stephen Brown, We've right? now created an, an online version and it's this Wednesday workout. So we've all been together. It's all working actors and we've been together for years. But it's that sense of even if you don't have something to do, like an audition or a job, you feel like you get to play every week. And so yeah. it stays fresh. For, and for me, I need it because, right, it either rains or pours. I've never had this sort of like hum, you know, since the facts of life. And yet I've worked consistently my whole life. So gratefully, I don't have that panic of I'm never going to work again. But you do want to keep yourself feeling a certain way. So you're ready. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I also was not believing in myself too. Like I was mm. so in a place where I was not, I didn't think it's going to happen. I'm just a chef. Everyone sees me as a chef. You know, they only see me as this musical guy because the last thing I did was a musical. And I think it's a mindset thing. It's a yeah, shit. It's like imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah. It really is. I, yeah. I really think I was getting in my own way completely. And yeah. Uh, well, we do. <laughs> yeah, most people do. I do. I, well, I also think it's a nature of being a creative since the outside world responds to it in a certain way. But for the most part, it's sort of seen as this like either monkey business or something right. out in the ether is not really grounded in something that's very necessary. 
Yeah, and of not course, as tangible. So we, you know, I think it's the most necessary thing in the world. So um, thank God for this podcast because you you start you start stirring all this stuff up and it starts getting people thinking and more creative and more creative juices flowing and and that's out there in the world and you're getting people to think and getting people to do and it's a real listen. Blessing. When Christian brought this to you know, we just sort of said like, oh my God, I'm twiddling my thumbs and. You know, very similar to you, it's like, I'm kind of okay with this stay at home thing. I mean, you know, what I'm missing though is that connection. And yeah. also just, I love that you talked about the the ABCs of it. My manager was like, it's very good for people to know what you look like right now. Like yeah, with this podcast and you can, yeah. you know, watch it on YouTube, whatever. All that kind of practical stuff has been sort of this bonus that Christian and I didn't really think about. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been terrific. Yeah. You know, you need right. to do something. It's yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I also my mom was really cute. Cause my mom and dad have both said, we've heard about all these friends your whole life. And like, actually we finally get to meet them and see them. <laughs> and then of course now in season three, it's finally given me the opportunity to reach out to people that I'm kind of like fangirl of, you know, it's amazing. I, it's amazing how many friends we have in common. It's, it's wild. It's I love really that. Incredible. I also think that's such a New York thing. I do just yeah, have totally. to say like, totally. Totally. yeah, I want to get that information on that class too. It's so or, great. And I will connect you with Steve Braun, who's my, yeah, it's, and I think you'll know a couple people that are in it and it's kind of great. Um, yeah. And hopefully we will all be in person together at some point. Other so when that. did, are you committed to living and raising the kids in New York? As opposed to LA? Yeah. Um, we or we anywhere did, else. We yeah. did a big stint in LA. We we they were born in LA. Well, they were born in Paradise, California, which mm-hmm. is no longer it all burned down to the ground. Burned down, exactly. It's gone. Crazy. And yeah. um, and then they lived in LA till they were about three. And then once the deal with Neil and I were we met on Broadway, we were both doing shows on Broadway, and when he got how he met your mother, we moved to LA, and it was always oh, the deal that we would come back. Hmm. to New York and live in New York and, and work here. And so I, I think that my time in LA was done. I, I, um, I feel like it's not for everyone. I had yeah. a hard time. I really, it really put me in a really dark place. And I think that maybe I wasn't ready for it, but I was going in for a lot of auditions for like young, handsome man. Who's the model type guy. Who's the, you know, totally, uh, cool boyfriend too. And that's not me. Like I'm quirky <laughs> and weird and I'm not, I'm yeah. not that like, and, and I wish I would have known that before I was there because people were sort of putting me in a box and yeah. I had a hard time with, you know, the spin and I had a hard time with, you know, having to drive everywhere and feeling alone because he yeah. was at home all the time and I was with the kids. And so I, it was, I yeah, lifestyle too. never, never say never. Right. Who knows, you know, but, um, but well, it's also what you shared about in New York, where as an actor, there's this sense that you can work all the time, whether it's for pay or not, but there's always workshops and play readings and this friend's doing that. Hey, can I pull you for this? And Mm -hmm. there is this sense that you can do it much more frequently than you can. I like, I like the schedule where it's, you know, one thing to another, to another, to another. Um, I, I really felt like, you know, in LA, you'd say, well, what did you do today? Or worked out. That was my thing. That was everyone's <laughs> fine with everyone's fine with that. Um, you know, but I I I needed I needed more than that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. For sure. Well, I can't wait to see what you do next in that department. What have you been binging on in this last year? 
Anything of note? Oh yeah, this that you've become obsessed in with. Terms of yeah, I really what has really stuck with me has been Queen's Gambit, mm-hmm. Ted Lasso. Oh. Um, I'm obsessed I with Ted Lasso. I haven't seen it. And Mindy's oh, like wringing my neck that I haven't seen it. She's it's like, such, it's I, such, I literally so like art. cried happy tears almost every episode. Yeah. Right now I'm binging the weirdest things because tell me I'm writing this show that is a reality show within a show, like a mockumentary um, about a reality show. And so I'm rewatching all of these crazy, you know, housewives. And there's this one show called bling dynasty on Netflix. That's just, I just thought, I actually know a couple people that are on that. I've been been watching that and writing furious notes about, you know, it's, it's a show that sort of exposes a lot of scandals and celebrates the weird and wacky and crazy behavior of Hollywood. So. uh, Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. It's fun. A lot of fun. So that's what I've been binging on and Mondays with Mindy, of course. (laughs) I can't thank you enough. That's true. It's true. I'm not lying. Oh my God. That's, that's amazing. So adorable. Yeah, pretty much. So what is, what are some of the life lessons you've learned and you know, who gave them to you? I mean, anything that sticks with you, a person that you've met that um, said something to you that sort of like went, Oh, I'm now going to sort of live by that. Yeah. You know, I really uh, being 24 and coming, no, I was around. Yeah. I was around 24 when I did my first big gig. So uh, young. Yeah. I, I did a, uh, I, I started working on a, a play called The Play About the Baby, and mm-hmm. um, it was an Edward Albee play. And we tried it out at the Alley Theater where J- Edward directed it. Um, so it was it was um, Earl Hyman uh, of the, you know, amazing Shakespearean actor, yeah. Marion Seldes, uh, myself and another actress. Uh, and it was the four of us. It was a four-hander and Edward was uh, directing it. And um, that really had an impact on my life of how, you know, the things he would say. And then the things that Marion would say. Uh, yes. Was, oh my God. I, oh, she was such oh. an incredible person. I mean, yes, she was, you know, I, I said, asked her once, I mean, I, I said, would you ever, did you ever get upset when you didn't get a part? And she's like, Oh no. Cause she would, she was blind as a bat. So she touched her she face. She was blind as a bat. <gasps> she would touch her, go really close up to you and say, Oh, darling, my little bird. Um, and and she, what she said in terms of, of, of her not getting a part was, oh no, I, I trust that the director knew what he was doing and, and I wasn't right for that part. I just never was right for that part. I mean, it was the little things like that, that I sort of felt like, okay, I'm in the big leagues now and I have to trust these people. I yes. was a big mentor of mine. Um, so I, and any other stories? I don't. So my first, my first off Broadway thing was a uh, first it was up on its feet James Lapine's table settings and it was are you ready for this as a as a 19 year old I mean Eileen Heckart Stalker Channing Peter Riegert Robert Klein Dinah Manoff right so I used to sit outside of Eileen Heckart's dressing room right and I would fly in from doing facts of life wow and and have four four shows and uh I remember her saying about, cause I asked her a very similar question. I love that you asked that question cause people don't talk about it enough. And I just, I said that. And she said, I always go into an audition or a meeting knowing that the answer is in the envelope and there's nothing I can do to not get the part. And if it's mine, there's nothing I can do to f up. So and true. I have lived by that. That is literally my mantra about if it's mine, there's nothing I can do to mess it up. And if it isn't mine, there is nothing I can do to get it. Uh, it's such a relief 
And it's interesting now that I'm sort of casting this new show, like you realize it's not, it has nothing really to do with, because there's so many talented people out there. Of course. It has nothing to do with their talent. It's just their vibe or the way they looked or, or, or if they're too young or it's so many things that have nothing to do with you. It's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. Agreed. And I think that's also another reason I wanted to talk to you about friendships that you have. It's I'm very proud of my f- friends and my friendships because I don't make it about work. Right. I don't meet someone and say, God, I wonder what they can do for me. Again, a very L.A. thing uh, I have found. And I don't move through the world like that. You're either it's someone I work. I, I also don't go to work to make friends. If it happens. Right. terrific. Right. Yeah, of course, of course, but yeah. like, you know, and I'm wondering what is your take on that as far as friendships and supporting and business versus pleasure and all that stuff? I really don't. I have friends, but I have a real core knit group like there's like it's like an onion you know there's lots of layers of friends that I have I have a ton of friends but the people who really are near and dear to me uh are just complete support my best friend is also my business partner who is one of the most talented people you've ever met in your entire life like Mm -hmm. he's a designer and he's a he makes dresses and he was a grounding and he got cast in Saturday Night Live and he's a he's a writer and he's a producer and he He's a botanist. And I mean, it's, it's, he, there's nothing he can't do. It's one wow. of those, you know, a polymath. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and I, and I feel like he is my core person. And then there's other people that aren't in the business that yes. we keep close to. Like, I don't feel yeah. like most of our friends are in the business. I really mm-hmm. feel like it's nice to have, you know, same people who are bringing other things to the table. Same. Although, you know, one of my best friends, Tara Carcian, who we've known each other since we were 16, and we both say all the time, we just hate actors, which we don't. But, you know, that that kind of thing as a friend, you know, it's just because honestly, a a lot of people that are, I call them my peripheries. I love them, but they're my peripheries, right? Are a little, you know, tend to be on a narcissistic side and and all that stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm a card carrying Al-Anon, so I'm a hair holder, you know, like I, I don't have that actor personality. I'm a full-fledged addict and alcoholic. So, <laughs> oh my God, so we're a match. Okay, so, <laughs> so um, you know, I I am a caretaker as well, and so it's usually not about me, which um, is always astonishing when other actors are like, "God, you're you're just." I'm like, "No, this is just who I am." It doesn't mean I don't think I'm a bag of chips. I think I'm amazing, but you know, um, but Tara and I always say that. And yet we do have this small group of actor friends that we've just known each other forever because we're just old at this point. Um, but that most of our friends don't, they're creatives in other ways. And I find that to be incredibly healthy. I think creatives have to sort of stick together. I, I really, I mean, all my friends who are my friends are all creatives. I do right. think that I don't have any business like sit down and desk people who are not, <laughs> not saying that those are bad people, but I don't right. really think that I would be able to connect with those people mm-hmm. really. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Never say never. I don't know. Right. But, right. Um, right. I think creatives to, uh, need to go to other creatives to sort of breathe their creativity. Yes. Agreed. Well, I need to meet you in person. That's number <laughs> one. Yeah, you have to come. Yeah, if you're well, if are you come to me, or we'll come together, or, or we'll, or, well, that sounded really dirty, or well, which I'm all for too. Um, or, or we'll meet somewhere or else. We can meet at Mary's place in Woodstock. Exactly. Meet at Woodstock. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, That's a great idea. Yeah, which is coming soon. I gotta, 
I got to get out of here a little bit. But, um, I really think we're, you know, being inauguration and new president, I feel there's something in the air that's, that's everyone is wanting change and wanting, yeah. you know, the vaccine to work and yes. us to travel. Yes. Care of each other. For sure. Same, same. It was so nice to have a tear in my eye because I was happy. Um, you know, yesterday was a lot of just really happy tears, which yeah. was so lovely. It's so true. It's so true and so needed. So yeah. Needed. Agreed. 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 Well, if I may say, my friend, uh, I know that I'm, I'm coveting that word for you and I, but I want to thank you so much for oh we, my did God, we, we, we did, did it. We did it. We'll do it again. And it's done. <laughs> <laughs> and you are just as lovely as Mary. Mary said we were. She's like, oh, my God, you're two peas in a pod for reals. So I'm I'm just so right. glad this was a very good as the Yiddish say, Mishpucha. Love um, <laughs> very nice. Um, and Mary be well, my too. friend. Be well. You and good yes. luck. And I hope everything comes to you that you need. Oh, thank you. And, and it right will back to you. Too. And right back yeah. at you. The exactly. best is yet to come. The best yes. is yet to come. Yes. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to welcome and enjoy a conversation with David. Yeah. One more time. David Burko. Yay, David. Thank you guys. so much. you. This episode of Mondays with Mindy is brought to you by the Woodstock Way Hotel. Attracting musicians, artists, dreamers, seekers, and bootleggers since 1787, tucked behind a waterfall along a babbling brook, this Catskills Contemporary Hotel sits just steps away from Woodstock's iconic town center. Its sustainable and conscious design, paired with a nod to local flavors and peerless hospitality, will lead you to embrace a way of life here, drawing you in to live, love, and listen. Woodstock Way Hotel. Head to woodstockway.com or mondayswithmindy.com for more information and to book your reservation today.